Johnson, welcome to the Say What podcast, funk podcast. Off the chain, y'all check it out. Enjoy. <laughs> What's up, Jelly? What's up, baby? How you doing? Hey, man. Hi, everyone, and warm welcome to a special episode. You're going to be double funked up today. <laughs> First out is Neon Romeo's, maybe one of the funkiest live acts out there. And after that, the review and uh, some extra from the interview with Jellybean Johnson. And yes, there is a connection between them both. Neon Romeos have a mixed track on F Deluxe album, a group in which Jellybean Johnson is a member. And St. Paul Peterson, the singer in F Deluxe, is going to contribute to the upcoming album with Neon Romeos. If you're still not convinced and you wonder, mm, who are those Neon Romeos? Well, I ain't gonna waste my time convincing you too much, but I'm, I'm gonna give you, let's say, I'll give you 16 seconds. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> and that's cause I'm in a good mood today. Uh, 16 seconds from a track from their upcoming album. And if you're still not funkified or uh, have had your head bounce to this track, well, yeah. still be convinced to 100%. You might wonder, yeah, they're good in the studio, but what are they capable of live? Well, I'm gonna be a bit more generous this time. I'll give you, let's say, 20 seconds. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Yeah, you're still here, right? Good decision. Enjoy. Neon Romeos and Jellybean Johnson. Do what we are, 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 we
How are things in Stockholm? Uh, things are great. Nice and sunny, yeah, for the time being. So you're not practicing social distancing right now, I can say. <laughs> uh, mentally, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's a big pleasure and honor to have, have you on, on this show. You have this fabulous band, and I know that it has been uh, often ref- uh, talked about as uh, Sweden number one funk band, and that, that's 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 kind of a good label, isn't it? Thank you. <laughs> We can live with that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and kitties, dogs and dogs. people of all ages gather around, but we are about to present to you one of the greatest, sexiest, finest, coolest bands ever. Not to mention talented. That's right, all around the world for the funk baby. So if you want a party, there ain't no party like a Neon Romeo's party. And for the listeners and viewers who haven't experienced you yet, I would say it's a it's a really amazing thing to see you live, and it's like a, a little bit like jumping into a different world. It's kind of with the outfits and and the whole uh, what shall we say, uncompromising uh, coolness. Come on. Funkness in all its best forms. It's like yeah. it's the experience. Um, yeah, that's what we aim for: is to try to like take people out of their average everyday life situation and forget about things maybe for a while and, and come into the world of the neon romeos. And blue jeans? Mm-mm, I don't think so. A sexy zoot suit's the only way to go. Yeah. All I wanted, just a little cash, just a little bit. I would say somewhere around 2004, we kind of were working on uh, putting together the project. And um, 
it takes its time in the studio. We, we, we had a club and, you know, the live thing takes over. So we end up focusing more on the live thing than the studio thing. Yeah. So, but now we had a chance to, to get back into the studio <laughs> thanks to this year, the way things are. So uh, hopefully soon we'll have an album out, uh, the second album. And uh, we had this uh, vision of like, what would it sound like maybe <laughs> if we kind of like uh, imagined that it was produced by Jamie Starr, like or, or along wow. those lines a little bit, like, you know, mm -hmm. we were just imagining that. And then, and then Prince passed, like, you know, so, uh, but it's taken on a little bit of other characteristics too. It's not just that, but that was kind of like the seed of the, uh, of that project that's going to come out soon. Yeah, we're trying to create our dream album. What would we like to hear? Wow. And you mentioned different characteristics. And I think that listening to you, yes, it's a party. It's a funky soul party, but it's almost like a funk and soul university in some way, because it's very educative in some aspect, because you have a different kind of genres and you do references to everything. And if I just handpick something, I can say like, Dreamland, it's like Bootsy Collins, City Lights, it's like Rick Jane's cameo, 70s, 80s, uh, yeah. Secret, just another track, amazing track. Uh, have some kind of, could, could you say it's psychedelic, funkadelic bridges in it? Yeah. And uh, sexiness, wow, I like that one. It's just the time, it's the kitsch, sexiness, the humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can go on and on and uh, then the last one i guess the is temptress um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I, I can just hear like in the beginning it's like rock and roll is alive and dwarfing machine and then it went over to this funk chocolate dmsr mm -hmm. so i can go on and on on this list it's like a university of funk and so yeah, references it's interesting to hear your view of it. is it by purpose that you try to like mix all those well, sometimes you try to do something but then you'll, you'll, you'll maybe try to like distinctively copy something, but it ends up going through your life experience in your own human filter and it becomes something else on the way out. Even if your intention is to try to like, yeah. you know, it, it, un, inevitably it just becomes something else and, and maybe it picks up, uh, it snowballs along the way yeah. and, and your life uh, experience spices it with various things like yeah that. and then also uh, when you add the other band members yeah they yes, add their yeah. input and that mm -hmm. song takes on completely different or something else a little bit better than we actually thought from the beginning yeah, yeah. when they have all the personalities involved then wow. it becomes so, filtered through their experiences and their yeah. inspirations and that's the that's a nice thing about music and collaboration i guess just like mm -hmm. So even if you have different kind of combinations in your music, it's it's absolutely your own style. It's because it's your, the way you combine mm -hmm. it. It's uh, very effective. Yeah, that's what we hope for. <laughs> yeah. To come up with something that is Neon Romeos. That is our own. So. 
that you have been doing this for quite some time and uh, yes there are a lot of band members and it's a energetic show when you're looking at it but two of you were, were, which were your way into the music and how, how how did it all start for you yeah and uh, for, for me example. it was my, oh, Magnus. my yeah? yeah for me it was my older brother that came home with uh, all this music and i i, re- I remember uh, he came home with luther van bro super lady mm-hmm. with that slap bass intro and i was so hooked and i asked my brother what what's this music called he said he said it's fun mm-hmm. but then he came uh, home with uh, george clinton computer games uh, and that yeah. album was so crazy and had never heard anything like that and uh, i asked who it was and my brother said it's george clinton and he's crazy and i thought he was like mentally ill so I thought they actually recorded the mental patient at an asylum. And I thought, this is and so that's weird. Great, but a lot more excitement, <laughs> of course. <laughs> started to adapt that into your piano playing. Yeah, and then I got into Prince, of course, and through Prince I discovered so much of his influences then. Mm. Yeah, and, and many of us have, have had that trip, like having a discovery of Prince and then, yeah, he, he was some P-Funk, here was some jazz and here was some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I had a conversation with Eric Leeds the other day and it's like, he have opened the doors for so many Prince fans into jazz uh, by making us listen to horn playing and 
mm. I remember buying Bitches Brew and uh, all those Meist tracks thanks to Eric Leeds and stuff like that. So I guess we all have our different kind of um, yeah. way, way of doing this. Yeah. 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 And Andy. When I met, uh, when, when I met Andy, <laughs> yeah. it was like, um, I never heard anything like that. When I heard uh, his demos, it was through a mutual friend. He said, I, I met this American guitar player. This sounds nothing like any guitar player you heard in Sweden. Wow. And, and um, <laughs> it was like he was so out of the box. With I heard the P funk thing, and I had never heard anything like that. It was almost the same feeling when I heard uh, when I was a kid and I heard George Clinton, because wow. it was so weird, and I, I just wanted to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. had like guitars and pianos and bongos and like a, a Vox Continental organ like the Doors had and stuff like that. So there are mm. dulcimers, all kinds of instruments around. And my parents listened to a lot of music and consumed all kinds of music mm. like uh, Peter Tosh and like Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, The Temptations, Stevie Wonder. Wow. I uh, grew up with all that stuff, Beatles, Rolling Stones. All of the great ones. <laughs> Yeah, and then as time moved on and the 80s started to come around, my mother brought home this album. Um, I think it was Controversy. And uh, I remember it, like dancing around to like weird songs like Annie Christian and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, before Purple Rain, two albums. And then 
she bought 1999 and i got hooked on that and then mm. we got mtv and cable hooked up but i seen the video for little red corvette and i was like wow, that's, that's, that's the game changer for many of us yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh finally uh well my parents got divorced then like you know so they split up and then my my mother uh she took me out to see uh purple rain she said you could either choose this movie uh, purple rain or dreamscape which was like some kind of thriller horror movie okay so i chose purple rain fortunately good choice and uh, <laughs> that was yeah that was also another thing like when i seen like the opening scene of like let's go crazy with mm -hmm. prince standing on the piano and playing with his foot i was like just blown to pieces my mm -hmm. like you know just floored I was like, man, I, I, uh, I'm now. I really, I want to start like playing more. Like it really, it hit something sparked inside of me. Like I was like a little bit interested in instrument stuff like that. But then I was like, like one does cry. Like well, how do you make the drums sound like that? How did there's yeah. like echo on the drums? Like whole drum. I started like, yeah. taking apart those things. Prince was kind of an inspiration in that I, um, in, in more ways than one, it was like. He was playing everything by himself and i couldn't really find anybody that could play that kind of funk that i wanted to play so i ended up having to learn uh by necessity more uh mm. to play different instruments and stuff like that mainly focusing on the guitar though but i would i would do demos right attempt to play everything wow. and but i didn't know what instrument i wanted to play i wanted to play the drums but my mother was like no nah, there's this new thing called the drum machine out and drummers will be obsolete so don't play drums you could have a guitar instead so she brought me this guitar <laughs> so that's kind of like how it started but i didn't take it seriously still like you know it'd be another like three or four years until i started to get into it more and, and really wanted to learn about it but it, okay. even then it was like still messing around with all instruments not really 100 focused on guitar Him and we started talking and I showed him my demos and he was like, man, it sounds like you listen to Slapback. I was like, Slapback? Nobody knows about that band. Like, I wow. they're, they're a great band, but it's like kind of underground, like, you know. So there was a natural connection like, there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like maybe a handful of people that I know that, that know about Slapback here in Sweden. Wow. So we kind of like hit it off and we started talking and, and uh, he was very shy and uh, he did a lot of... Uh, background singing i was like man you should you should front a band you have to be he's like man i've never fronted a band i don't know so i just kept on pushing him and like you know trying to build up his confidence and mm -hmm. eventually we ended up where we are today <laughs> wow. it's a great fun yeah. well done andy <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about tell us about the last album. 
we had to kind of like produce it, mix it ourselves, and we weren't producers or mixers, and we kind of had to learn how to do that out of necessity too, because. So you're you're going down the same route and path as Prince with for you, I guess. Took a long time to yeah, produce the yeah, first one. So. <laughs> Some of the ideas were jammed upon and brought forth that way, I yeah. guess, and developed online. Yeah, because we had our demos first, and then we developed those demos uh, when we played live. And then we took that experience back to the studio. Yeah, and oh. that's also happening on this next album that's coming. Uh, yeah. Some of the. Um, the songs have been recorded three times now mm. because we've learned so much. I mean, we've been on tour and like, you know, so we the, the arrangements have like grown into something else. And then wow. sometimes as we're tracking the new arrangements, mm. we'll end up changing it again. Like, you know, uh, as we're recording, it's like, oh, that was a great idea. We got to put that down. So yeah. it's like, you know, sometime or another, we're just going to have to like, you know, say this is it now and put it so out. So sometime <laughs> in the future, when we have a super deluxe from you, it's going to be like yeah. five CDs of different versions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's So, so what's the plans for, for the second album? Is it, uh, can you see the horizon of it or when it's going to be released or is it still in progress? It's going to be released, hopefully. We got um, more than uh, six songs finished and they're, gonna, they're being mastered as we speak. Mm. And um, we just got to finish up a couple more songs, maybe four more songs. So we have a nice 10 song package. Mm. Wow. Uh, and the, the name of it, I think it's going to be called uh, Exotic Places. Exotic Places. And we have a ballad by the same name. We also have um, uh, St. Paul Peterson guesting on, wow. on one of our songs. He played bass on one of us. And his nephew on saxophone and keyboard. Yeah, yeah I, I want to come back to that meeting you had with St. Paul. And, uh, but Exotic mm -hmm. Places, what a name. That's what we're longing for everyone right now, isn't it? In the COVID yes, corona yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, the cure is, is with you. you mentioned it, yeah. 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 So here, here we got the cure. But up in these mountains, I really dig the view. Can I? Can I touch a girl? Maybe you should wrap your legs around my neck for a while. So, talking of the development of your album, your style, and we have touched a little bit upon different kind of uh, legends or inspirational sources, and you got the opportunity to have meet with, yeah, one of the, can I say, one of the 10 key figures in the development of the Minneapolis sound or something you can say. We got, of course, Prince Morris Day, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Jellybean, but St. Paul Peterson is up there in that 
top 10 yeah. creating this Minneapolis sound in some aspect if you and can you for those who don't know who he is he's a part of the family and he's a part of a maybe one of the foremost musical families in the Twin Cities area because yeah. he got a lot of his uh, brothers and sisters and uh, parents are uh, very talented musicians as well so yes. by saying that I bring it back to you how did you end up having contact with him and because you also performed with him and now he's contributing to your album right yeah, yeah it was yeah. actually through his manager his manager contacted us and asked us if we'd like to do if we'd like to do a remix and we we thought for a very long time was i don't know and then he kept on bothering us and hassling <laughs> yeah. us and calling us and finally like after about three or you four months i said okay get. okay <laughs> <laughs> no but no he really did contact us and uh we immediately mm. said after we did a, a backward somersault flip mm. uh we said yes of course we will do a remix immediately wow. And then uh, I remember Magnus asked me, "Is like, what, what the hell are we gonna do? What the hell are we gonna do?" Yeah. And I said, "I don't know, but it has to be the best thing we've ever done." <laughs> and it was a deadline. We, we yeah. only had one day to record it. Wow! So we chose uh, the song "Sanctified" from their album, and mm -hmm. St. Paul sent us the vocals. He sent us the whole track, the the whole whole the whole song track by track. So we had wow. like Eric Lee's saxophone, Jelly Beans drums. Uh, St. Paul's bass line, mm -hmm. uh, keyboards by themselves, and uh, the vocal package by itself. So, wow. and a percussion track. So, I. Uh, so you, you can see everything that normally is buried in the mix. You can just play oh, with yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was magical yeah. to listen to Jelly Bean's drum track all by itself. I mean, we were just totally nerding out on yes, all of it. Jelly Bean that. is one we are hoping for having here on, on this show as well. I mean, yeah. He's one of the few who can take this 7793.11 and do it correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the we only one. took uh, the, the vocals and Eric Leeds' saxophone. Mm -hmm. And then we recorded our stuff. So when we recorded it, uh, we had <laughs> I had uh, Eric Leeds' saxophone in my headphones. Mm -hmm. It was surreal. It was like recording with Eric Leeds. Wow. <laughs> Plus, we kept the percussion track. Yeah, the percussion tracks is also the. Original. And I sped it up to like 114 BPMs because mm. I was like nerding out. I was like, okay, let's think about some up tempo party songs that Prince mm. has been involved with. So I was like, uh, well, you got Love Bazaar, that's 114 BPM, and A Beautiful Night, another like, you know, a party anthem, mm. that's also 114 BPM. Ah. So I was like, let's, let's pitch it up to 114 BPMs and then, yeah. Take off, take off all the tracks, and we'll leave like Eric Lee, St. Paul, and the percussion, and wow. uh, yeah, the whole vocal track with uh, Susanna, of course. So we started recording the basic, our basic track over mm. over the vocals, and uh, we called uh, our bass player Tobias, and he came down also and laid the bass, and then we finished the whole thing on this one day. Yeah. 
amazing. And and then yes. you had the opportunity to play with him live here in Stockholm. How, how did that yeah. gig uh, came about? Um, I wrote an email to the manager and I was like, you know, um, it was so much fun doing that uh, Sanctified remix project. Uh, we'd love to do something else. So he wrote back, well, how do you like to play live with St. Paul? And we were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. He was out on the um, European tour. Yeah. So that's how we got the gig in Stockholm when yeah. he was playing a played Amsterdam, London, Paris. Yeah. He was going to come a second time, uh, but then he just got signed to a record label. So we had a second gig that we were, we were almost booked it at Fashing. Uh, mm. And then uh, he, he got a record contract and then Corona happened. So, mm. so all the gigs got canceled. So. Yeah. Too so bad about this, this Corona, yeah. but what, what an amazing story. and. Uh, yeah and by doing a good job it's uh, yeah you get the recognition you you deserve But first out, the review of Jellybean Johnson's album, as promised. And by the way, don't forget to check out our former guests, Eric Leeds and Jellybean. Because there were a few mentions in the episode you just saw to the family and St. Paul. And if you want to know more, check them out. But as promised, now Jellybean Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Welcome everyone to this uh, review episode of Say What. Um, 
today we're going to dive a bit into uh, Jellybean Johnson's latest album. But uh, we got a special guest with us today. It's uh, Tim Boyquist. Welcome there. to the Say What family. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I've been wanting to be a part of you guys here for a long time, but I'm uh, coming back from my COVID, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, you've been real sick, but uh, now you're stronger than ever, right? <laughs> well, as long as I can take a sip of my xenophobia prince water. Then. <laughs> uh, so j- just to give Tim a little bit of introduction before we move on into this amazing album. Uh, You've had a long background as an artist, promoter, party and uh, concert organizer, etc., etc. You worked with several uh, interesting acts: uh, Terence Trent, Darby, Dan Reed, Network, just to name a few. And you, you also arranged, uh, I don't know, ten concerts with uh, for former guest Peter Algard uh, here in uh, in Scandinavia. So, uh, just to give a a little bit picture of Team Borgfist, but. Uh, most of all, and for me personally, you're—I would say that you're one of the biggest and most uh, dedicated music lovers that I I know. And uh, you've been to countless uh, concerts all over the world, and um, I've had a pleasure to share some of them with you. And uh, you got this, what shall we say, unreal ability to uh, end up <laughs> on stage or during the show or behind the stage after the show and uh, i'm still trying to figure out what's the formula behind that talent <laughs> <laughs> well i've uh, i've had uh, the opportunity to uh, do that actually with you as well in paisley park as you know but uh, i think the main thing is that i've always been uh, open you know talking to people taking chances and uh, and I'm kind of come into some other things later on, but uh, I mean, I liked Douglas from the beginning when I met Douglas. He was the same, and and uh, I just had fantastic memories with Douglas too when we did uh, Glam Slang with Petter in, in Sweden, and and that that's basically it. I, I call everybody I want to call or ask questions, and yeah, I've ended up uh, meeting a lot of artists, Nile Rodgers and Prince and many others, and and it's been it, it's been an amazing trip for me since yeah. 1986 when this started. 87 with when we met uh, TT and Eric Gard and mm. many others, we, we had uh, the Sinner, Prince was in Stockholm for three weeks. Uh, it was the world premiere of Sinner Times, May 7, 8 and 9. Mm. And we saw him a couple of times at Cafe Opera. That's when uh, the food fight was with Sheila E and oh. uh, John, uh, Prince's father and everybody. And uh, that was an amazing thing to be there for three weeks, living outside in a box and be three nights with Prince at Sinner Times and eight, pre-shows and after-shows. And, from from that day on, I should say '86 was big, but from Sinner Times, I was completely hooked. Yeah, and we could uh, have a whole episode just by these <laughs> memories, but uh, <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of stories, and hopefully, in upcoming episodes, we'll go back to them uh, further and dive a bit more into them. But uh, absolutely. I, I, I don't know. You were parted with the revolution on First Avenue. You have, a, as you said, we witnessed the food fight with Prince. You have a. Uh, what shall I say, hanged off with Shelby and Liv. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're a good friend with Sigi Mauli and Josh Clinton. And just to name a few of these things. That's and actually uh, interesting that you mentioned Sigi Mauli and, and uh, my, my reggae thing is big also as well. You see Bob Mauli behind me here. But I mean, music overall, whatever it is, I've just managed to, you know, talk to band members and people around the band or the actual artists. And for some reason I've been invited and 
if you make a good impression, you get invited as well. I was invited to uh, to the VIP by Chance Howard, who we're going to talk about uh, a little bit today, I guess, since yeah. he's singing on this album here. And that was at uh, First Avenue. That's the night when we met the revolution. And he was just a fantastic guy that night. So, yeah, I've, I've had some nice experiences with these people around. So it's nice to have you on board in the Say What family here. And we, just to name it, we, nice. we, we, we met in 2003, I guess, the first time. Maybe we have met in some concerts before, but, you know, it's it's a lot of people. Uh, but uh, I, I was hosting an international Prince convention and... Uh, it was like hundreds of guests from all over the world and among uh, many panels and performances and, uh, and there were also different kind of music competitions uh, and when the convent weekend was over uh, it turned out that yeah you tim you were the winner of I this won. competition <laughs> <laughs> and there were like signed i know we have signed books by per nielsen we have like t-shirts and stuff from uh, the founders of house housequake and prince org and so on and so on so the and you won the competition and uh, that was also the beginning of our long friendship so we got that context yeah absolutely that was a fantastic evening i think yeah so uh before we leave you douglas and uh tim and go into jelly bean i would like to based on your background and all the experience that you had if i force you and maybe that's a bit unfair but if i (laughs) force you to choose maybe one or two uh, key experience that you had in the in your music yeah. loving uh, trip over the years yeah i mean i i must say that I, I go back to my water here and say that number one for me is the xenophobia seven nights alone with prince at paisley park 2002 in june there and uh, we got invited in the npg music club it was 250 dollars, but it was pretty cheap compared to other things because it was seven days and seven nights and he had guests there like Sheila E, Larry Graham, Maceo Parker. He made Nora Jones famous that week. The air condition broke down. He invited us to a movie. I think it was Vanilla Sky. He treated us for beer and food at the diner. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience. I was there the full week and the music blew us away. Both the day music with the DJs, the early nights, and then the full nights with Prince. Uh, I want to be brief here and just mention that from every night, from every show he did, he came out the first time I saw him. It was the third day, I think, with the acoustic guitar. He sat down on a stool and played everything acoustic mm. for an hour. Then the band comes in and blow everything away for two, three hours. And the last night, we were sitting on chairs. And when it was at 4.30 in the morning, he said, just kick the chairs all over the place. And we danced. And he played almost a 30-minute uh, bass of while. Larry Graham wow. threw his bass, took off his red shoe, played bass on his shoe. <laughs> Everybody was screaming and dancing. And I was just, I was worn out after that week. I had a vacation for a month after that. That was number one That's for exhausting. me. Somebody, it's... <laughs> it's... Thank you for sharing, Tim. And hopefully we get the opportunity to come back to, because I, I know uh, I've been with a few of these experiences. There are a lot of more things to talk about. But now <laughs> we got to talk about uh, Jelly Bean. And uh, just to give a, a start for that, uh, it is actually his first album. Uh, as a solo artist, he's been involved in so many artists and uh, productions with uh, Terry and Jimmy Jam and all that, and the, and the Prince and the family and the time that, uh, man, he, he've been around. And uh, as we say in the interview that we uh, published with him, he is one of the responsible for the Minneapolis sound. Of course, we got Prince and Jimmy Jam and Jesse Johnson, but he was there from the very beginning. 
and had a finger in the time in the family in jimmy jam he was all over so he's he's a very important figure for for the music industry history really um so um so this album I think it's interesting just to give a short we're going to get in, go into a few tracks further on dive a bit more into them but there have been a lot of records from associated artists since prince uh, left us we, yeah we, we get marcus anderson we, we get uh, adrian we, of course we, we get some kind of get a lot of different albums here with many artists Ida, yeah you, you know uh, eric and uh, judith and Shep. I could go on and on, a lot of them, but many of them have done their own thing, so to speak, and go go further on. Of course, there is Prince uh, influences in that. But what I what I think, if you just start up with uh, Jellybean Johnson, is that it's it's retrospective in some aspect. It's like it's like he's taking a bit of everything he has been experienced. There's a bit of the rock. There's a uh, Minneapolis sound kind of key horns. There is the 90s uh, rap. There is the 80 Jimmy Jam production. You can hear almost everything. So it's actually in some aspects, if you don't include the reissues from uh, Sign of the Times and uh, the, the things that the Paisley Park and Prince have released since then, this kind of the first retrospective album. I don't know if you feel me in that conclusion. What's yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's a trip all the way back to the eighties, uh, early eighties, up until now. It really incorporates a lot of music genres, and yeah, it's all all the way from the early early eighties uh, soul, like the SOS band or Patrice Russian, maybe uh, <laughs> that I can hear in some of the songs. Yeah. And uh, of course, the Earth, Wind and Fire influence is, is there because the arranger of the horns in this production is actually connected. So, yeah, mm. it's great. Great. What do you say, Douglas and Tim? What, first impressions? First impression, yeah. I think it's um, just like you said, guys, uh, a lot of different genres, um, especially funk but absolute lot of rock as well in a great mixture and uh, just like you said you Kim, it feels like uh, you go back to the early 80s late 70s and uh, some of the tracks are like uh, like the new r&b sound for 2020 so it's a it's a great mix i really really uh, dig this album i do and as i didn't even think it i didn't even know i i asked you guys on uh on uh, Facebook here, I thought it was uh, the wrong music you sent me, Michael, because uh, I, I thought that this is like, I mean, the first listen, I didn't read anything on the website. I just thought, oh, what, what's this? Like six, seven, eight artists, because when the music comes on and you hear the girls singing and so on and so on, it, for me, mm. it was different. And then when I listened to it and read about it, I understand how, I think I understand how he did it. And mm. it's, it's amazing that he put together something that covers so many years, like you say, Douglas, from the 80s up till now, and mm -hmm. still there is a, a red thread, so to say, with this guitar solo yeah. in the background, yeah. so you can hear it's him, and mm -hmm. still it's so very different. I, I, I like it in that way, first of all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true, nice. Tim. And I, I, we have had an opportunity to have a talk with him, and I know that actually we, Tim, we, we met him in 
Minneapolis also with some situation. And, uh, I mean, yeah. he's a he's a nice guy. He's uh, real friendly, and he's got this positive vibe around him. And that's what I think you can feel in this album. It's mm. positive. Mm. It's can I say happy music? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and that's I think yeah. So he managed to get that kind of line, as you mentioned, Tim. That mm. even if it's different artists, different song, different areas of the last thirty uh, years, it's like. It's constant. It's that line in between them. So uh, that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, we have chosen to, uh, instead of go track by track, we have chosen, as we did with uh, the former review of Garrett Shiloh's album, just to pick one song each. And it doesn't have to be the one we like the most. It could be the one that challenged us the most. So I don't really know what made you all chose the, the songs you chose. But uh, first on my list, I got the Douglas. I don't know. Do you feel... Ready to go? Which song did you choose? Ready to go, yeah. <laughs> I um, I choose number one actually. <laughs> Put some yellow on it. That's lazy. That's lazy. so funky it feels like um for me it's a mixture with the uh, tower of power if you uh listen to the song itself and a mixture with bar case if you listen to the instrumental parts and his uh, own way of the minneapolis sound so to speak uh, that's the number one track for me put some jello on it it's uh, funk and rock and roll all through. I really dig it. Majestic. If I can, add, can I add something to that, Douglas? It's, Shoot, uh, man. You have it right there. Uh, I just uh, wrote down a, a couple of things that hit me with that. And that's that it is, uh, you know, the Prince song, Funk and Roll, right? So yeah, exactly. This, is, yeah. funk, this yeah. is Funk and Roll a la Hendrix. There's mm-hmm. so many sounds yeah. in it that goes to James Brown as well. And, yeah. and, and what you just mentioned with Tower of Power. I mm-hmm. think it's a it's it's a great song to start an album with. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's like um, you can really hear that this is his influence with Tower Power. That's maybe why he started with this track. So you you get this entrance of this uh, '70s funk and his way of Minneapolis sound and rock, and then go forward. Like I said before, uh, with you guys, some of the songs on this uh, album sounds like uh, John Mayer. Some of the tracks sounds like the Swedish artist Robin, for example. We can talk about more about that later, but uh, yeah, it's a great mix with a lot of genres. I really dig this album. I really yeah, I, I agree as well. It is a great opener for an album, and it yeah, it it has it all. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the thing I take away from it is the horns. I think this is the track on the album mm-hmm. that have the best horns arrangements, and uh, yeah. I think it's one of the favorites when you look at different forums at, at online mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's that's a good one, but. Uh, you, Kim, you have a good one as well. Number five, right? Uh, is it? Uh... Yeah, I took the track uh, Imagination.
yeah. Wow. Just to, to dig into, and uh, uh, as it says on Jelly's uh, homepage, uh, he wrote uh, that uh, Tamar uh, wrote the song. I, I'm not sure how much of it, if if the melody and all things or the lyrics, but she's she's the singer on track, and I just feel, yeah. The production of early 80s, that's really great. Uh, I hear the hand claps, all the drum machine uh, programming and and uh, uh, yeah, SOS band is something I, I feel like just be good to me or some songs like that. And <laughs> but I can go in again and just comment since this is my first time. I, I'm stealing a little time if it's okay. Imagination. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, if you remember, we're talking about Jelly Bean here. Do you remember the other Jelly Bean, the Jelly Bean guy who wrote uh, Who Found Who and those songs for Elisa Fiorillo? Mm. And uh, this is this is a Jelly Bean song for me. The other Jelly Bean. This is yeah. I hear Elisa Fiorillo all over the place from when Jelly Bean did her songs in 87 to 92, like Who Found Who and many other songs. I hear yeah, Kylie yeah. Minogue as well, but this is an 80s hit. For me, it's LA, Miami, yeah. New York, 89. Definitely, definitely the other Jelly Bean. And Elisa Fiorillo, she should have sung this song. Yeah. Funny that you said it. This other guy, this other Jelly Bean that, that you said, he's, um, he did um, uh, this famous track by um, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. Yeah. yeah. Somebody dance or something like. Somebody Isn't dance it? with me. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I want to yeah. dance with somebody. <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I just have to say this. For me, this imagination sounds like Madonna. <laughs> I wrote this before. This uh, like eighties Madonna. Yeah. Sounds and like it. And there's a cool thing with this other jelly bean. Um, I think Jelvin Johnson gets into that in the interview as well. But uh, this uh, first jelly bean, the Whitney Houston jelly bean, uh, actually mm -hmm. called Paisley Park Prince uh, during the 80s and uh, wanted Prince to convince Jellybean Johnson that he shouldn't use the name Jellybean because that was him. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and Prince became <laughs> yeah. angry and like, no, I ain't going to change anything. And, and, and uh, Hang the slang, hang, <laughs> hang the up, up. <laughs> hang the phone up. So it was kind of an. Um. So he he, too, he he defended Jellybean Johnson. No, he's going to keep his name. So it was kind of an issue. And then they meet many years afterwards at the Grammys, and then they kind of joked about it. And the okay. with Houston Jellybean apologized. <laughs> so there is kind of a nice, interesting story there. Um, he's produced hundreds absolutely. of hits. Yeah, that that Jellybean guy. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's amazing. Um, and yes, this is a collaboration. It's Tamar, uh, and uh, I think the whole album is is collaborations, as we said when we started up this in, this review. And uh, and mm. and that's the history of, of Jellybean. He's collaborated with so many artists and so many different roles as a guitarist, a drummer, producer. So it's yeah, this is another res result of it. This now album. He, he's collecting all his con uh, connections with people yeah. and. Uh, and just put this record together with so many different influences. It's really 
and mm. imagination. You, you mentioned Madonna and every whatever kind of references yeah, there Patrice are. Patrice Russian also. Yeah. Um, I, I think about uh, uh, Bria Valente. If you know the album uh, that was released yeah. with uh, Lotus Flow, there's, a, there's one song that's called Tonight. Mm? At that album, uh, Alexia album. And uh, yeah, it's very similar to imagination. So check that one out. Bria Valente, tonight. Who's up next, oh. Tim? Well, I, I can take my song if you want, and and um, I don't think Douglas will be surprised here. <laughs> I chose number six for a very special reason. I only heard it for six seconds, and I thought it was a Dan Reed Network song. This is absolutely <laughs> what I liked with Dan Reed Network when they became famous, and uh, because they got famous for putting funk into the rock, which nobody did at that time, like Bon Jovi and those bands. I mean, Bad Blood for me is a rock and roll song. You can hear the funk, you can hear the the dance rhythm. I think if I don't mix it up now that the horns come in in the second part, it's a fantastic part of the song at the end. If I can use the word funk and roll there again. It, it just hits me. And I, did, I didn't know who Tracy Blake was, but I Googled Tracy Blake and I listened to some of his songs and I saw him live doing the Prince tributes in Minneapolis 2018. So I clearly understand that Tracy Blake is a... It's a uh, funk and rock guy. Uh, so so for me, that gave me the vibes. I got my breath back in my life. It was a powerful song. It's not like a super hit. But it's a happy rock funk song that I really, really enjoyed. Yo, Jellybean, let's go. Actually, I, I, I thought that, yeah, Tim going to choose that song. <laughs> and uh, you, you nailed it. Yeah. There is another one, Shattered Pieces, number eight, which I could just, if nobody picked that, that's the same for me. I mean, it's a, it's a rock funk, average pop rock thing, but um, it's the mix here again, as we're talking about. It's, uh, yeah. It comes like funk, disco, a little pop, Madonna, and then rock, and then, you know, it goes up and down. Yeah. It's, oh, and no, that's what I like no. with it. Yeah. And I think also we, I, can, I can feel those rock songs uh, yeah. going back to like Lenny Kravitz as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and we, we, talk, we talked briefly about the track number two. Uh, what was the name of that track now? What is this feeling? What's this feeling? Yeah. And we had kind of a similar experience of that because I wasn't <laughs> that guys. We had done some notes individually and uh, we have wrote Mike Oldfield, a couple of us, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kylie Minogue as well in that. So it's kind of a strange mix, mm. but well, Jellybean makes it happen. That's an interesting track as well. No, track number two. Mm. They're so, they're so well produced. I think I can add quick that if you, I don't know, sorry to interrupt you, but well, if you, you can help me, I hear the Prince drum machine. What's it called again? The Lin. The Lin. Yeah. yeah, that's in the end of this song, yeah. I think. Yes, maybe the, in the background. And there's an amazing bass line actually. If you listen to just the bass line there, it's it's kind of advanced. And then there's the tasteful guitar at the end and, and then the kind of whole reverb stuff. It just opens up the whole thing. It's, it's, 
Mm. Kind of a simple track. No, it's a kind of complex track. It's kind of wow. It, well, I kind of like number number two, but uh, it wasn't that one that I that I choose. If uh, I took number seven, she can get it. And uh, mm. just like number one, I think this is a track that sums up the whole Minneapolis vibe in some way. It's like uh, when we talked to to, to Jellybean, he was like he's, he was a positive guy. He's like so full of energy and uh, very humble and and, and this down to earth. Down to earth. This song is like it. It. I think it. It captures a lot of uh, Jelly Beans' energy in a very mm-hmm. good way, and uh, it's funky and it's playful, and uh, yeah. And uh, I also like this guy Law. Uh, he was actually a background singer for Amy Winehouse. I think that's kind of cool, and uh, he also done productions with uh, George Clinton and uh, stuff like that. So Law is. Uh, the singer on, on this track and uh, also we have a guest appearance by by Tony M who is the, from the former earlier version of a uh, Prince NPG band so um, and also want more from the time so yeah take this uh, track it's like it got it all it's got like yeah. yes there's something from the kind of 80s kind of it's a bit of modern soul but there's a lot of fun and the guitar and there is a segment we, we are gonna put it up here afterwards, but it's like forty seconds from I think from four oh five minutes and up to four fifty. It's like we got the falsetto, we got the breakdown, we got some kicks, we got the uh, synth horns, and and we got some piano solo. It's like okay, there's fifteen seconds that capture it all. That's that's the <laughs> Minneapolis vibe right there. So exactly. If you don't you want to listen to the album, listen to those 50 seconds and then... <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. Ladies and gentlemen, OG Monty Moore, a.k.a. Piano Man, play. that uh, number eight the shadow pieces it sounds like john mayer for me that that was the track I'm, that i uh, meant before so put it on and think about john mayer and uh hopefully you think the same well we, we, the next right. song number nine let me shine on do you hear what i hear there because that's tracy blake again and for me it's a kiss song it's well, a straight I- straight up a kiss song for me we know that uh, Jellybean have uh, done this black cat for Janet Jackson, and I think this is his own black cat. All right, Janet Jackson's black. I think Let Me Shine. It's this. It's the same kind of a uh, rock, uh, kind of a uh, power <laughs> into it. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on your reference, Bear. But I wrote uh, it's his own black cat track. You see yeah. how mixed up it is. Yeah, like- I, I can also hear some of the the time pandemonium album mm. like uh, the rock guitars from blondie isn't that song on that album yeah i, I would say that bad blood the the, the track that you uh, talked about tim yeah. i I, have, I wrote blondie the pandemonium on that yeah. track but it could yeah. be applied on track nine as well <laughs> no, i did that too pandemonium 99 i wrote yeah. i mean uh, 
that was an amazing album by the time uh, yeah that, that's does, a little bit of that yeah. too it does drums by michael bland i think on uh on bad blood yeah. or maybe some other tracks as well okay if we should uh, right. sum sum it up and uh dare to give this kind of scoring from one to ten if you, you can start him yeah, okay but i would like to add at least that let's straighten it out number four which is sung by chance howard i didn't know he could sing that well it's a cover by uh, benny latimore i think his name is and that's just an amazing song and that's an al green al Giro song for me yeah. it takes it up a little bit in the mix for me so with that song number four with bad blood the funky number one and then everything else in between. If you say from one to 10, uh, I don't want to be like uh, too too happy about this album yet because it could take some listening maybe. And I don't want to criticize it too much. There is a little bit of things in this album that could be more professionally done in the mixes in between the songs. But I don't know if this is uh, the original version or not that I'm listening to. So I'm going to give it a, a seven. I think it's a good album. It's not a super hit for me. But it's definitely not a bad album. It's worth listening to, and over and over, it could be an eight, maybe in a couple of weeks or so. Mm. Mm. Yeah, oh. I, I, I'm with you. And the number it? four is a is an interesting track. I, I like it. Oh no, I don't like it. And sometimes I think it sounds like this. Um, <laughs> what's this, Gary Moore? Uh, still got the blues for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like. And once I get that one in my head, I know, no, it kind of destroys it for me. It's so sick and tired of that song. <laughs> so, so when I hear to uh, number number four, it's not like, no, it's Gary Moore. No, please, no, it's not good. So I'm you kind of. To Al Green. If you listen to Al Green, you yeah, like it. <laughs> much better. So, uh, mm -hmm. I get kind of mixed All emotions. Right. Yeah, but it, but uh, I, I would say that overall, I'm uh, I'm also into, into this uh, seven, maybe seven and a half, but uh, I think seven as well for me. Uh, it's not pushing the envelope this album it's not something new and it, it, that was not the purpose it's like this is what i'm all about that, that he said and mm. and i think that's nice the variety diversity is it's it's amazing but it also it's kind of its mm. weakness because it's it's a bit all over the place uh for good and bad and i think that uh, yeah i like it in seven i would say that's a good good number uh anyway so i i'm with the seven Right. I agree totally. Yeah, the diversity, it's like a retrospect, but but it's still his first on album. Uh, so just by being from so many different ends, it starts in the early 80s and, and uh, goes through so many genres. Uh, yeah, it's hard to, to say this is a cohesive production. Uh, too diverse maybe uh yeah I, I would say seven as well i i agree on that as well good points and uh, douglas are you gonna make this hard for us or uh... <laughs> i would say um for me it's a great album a lot of genres uh mixture with funk and rock funk and roll as we can say um and it's more than other albums of 2020 had off, had to offer this great mix if, if you uh, look at them that way and uh for me it's majestic i really dig it um i would say eight actually that's good eight of ten so we got a bit of diversity even in this it. group 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Douglas ruined it for me. I was just going to sing, oh, seven and one. <laughs> okay, okay. So in next episode, we're going to have a, a cover by Tim of the song Seven. You heard that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know P Control better by heart if you want to hear a full song with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then we have to make it an X-rated pod, and uh, not, <laughs> we're not really <laughs> doing. get tired of this album because every song is, is new it's like you you hear Kylie Minogue and Gary Moore and Tony M and uh, Mike Oldfield I mean come on which album mm-hmm. could you ever get those references to it is kind of unique so that is mm-hmm. actually a very good point Michael that mm-hmm. it's very rare that you get an album by any artist except Prince mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. that you could hear except Prince's voice then of course but I mean you could hear so many different styles of music and the critic i was going to have against this album was that oh hey guy hey jelly can't you do like 10 songs of your own that is funky and but maybe not maybe it's not uh, something negative because like you say he maybe planned something here as long as i get my guitar in it i mm-hmm. sing some songs i do this and other songs and m- make an album for everybody i mean and just the fact that we're sitting here talking about an album where we can, if we do it again in 30 minutes, we'll hear other artists yeah. and other singers if we so listen true. to it again. So, so you know, let's talk about it again in a few months and see, but I think it's going to grow. Yeah, it might grow. I think so. Good words. Good words. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys, thank you for this uh, thank deep you. dive into this amazing album. And uh, we'll be back with new reviews and new episodes soon. So stay tuned and just... 
check us out on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, Spotify. Yeah, wherever you find <laughs> pods and uh, what's up, Jelly? Hey guys, what's up, thank baby? you very much. How you thank you, man. Thanks I'm doing good, you. man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, uh, Real Music Radio, where the women is fine and the music is hot. <laughs> Stay tuned for new interviews and reviews. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and our homepage for the latest news.